Welcome to the Chai's Podcast, episode 17. 17. What up, everybody? Welcome back. What up? Going on to week nine here. So, we're, you know, we're entrenched in the fantasy season now. I'm sure, you know, leagues are getting close. Maybe you're pulling away. Maybe you're falling behind. Maybe you're riding the hunt. These are the dog days of the season. These are. Make or break it. Absolutely. (laughs) So, what do we got heading into week nine? You got anything? Got anything off the top of your head you want to start off with first? Yeah, just a couple of notes I've been seeing around the Twitterverse. Uh, Chris Carson, running back on the the Seahawks, was ruled out for this weekend. So adjust your lineups accordingly. It's looking like maybe DJ Dallas could be their lead back again. What are you you thinking about him? He's coming off two touchdowns. I mean, better than expected. Yeah, it could be interesting. I think he's going to end up being in a lot of lineups, like you said, coming off the two touchdowns. I don't know if I would feel super comfortable with starting him again, if especially if you're just kind of relying on on the touchdowns. I saw they brought up who was they promoted Alex Collins from the practice yeah. squad, who we, we were just talking about. That's a little little bit of a throwback. Um, I mean, he's he's somewhere in the RB two range, I think, in the flex flex RB two range, and in the Seattle offense, you know, I think they're going to be putting up a lot of points playing Buffalo should be, mm-hmm. should be a good amount of points in that game. And if he's able to get, you know, the carries in the red zone, what did he have? 18 carries last week. So that's, that's good. It's good volume. Yeah, I mean, he, he only averaged like, yeah, only averaged like 2.3 yards per carry. So don't, <laughs> don't love that. But I mean, mm-hmm. if he's getting the red zone opportunities, maybe I don't feel great about him, but if you need, if you need to put him in, I think, I think yeah. he's going to get touches. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're kind of banking on the touchdowns. He did not really look efficient or that great. But, I mean, he's a rookie. It was his first big game. So, who knows? Maybe he could uh, pick that up a little bit. But spelled D-E-E-J-Y. DJ. Great DJ name right there. Huge. And, yeah, I had a couple more notes. Seeing with the Saints, it looks like Drew Brees, Kamara, and Michael Thomas is going to be coming back finally. So, that's going to be awesome to watch versus the Buccaneers on Sunday night. So that's just great for the league to have him back. I think he's he's an amazing player. So looking forward to seeing him. And uh, COVID news, I saw Matthew Stafford was was looking like a kind of a questionable play, but I saw he had a negative test yesterday. So he's on track to play Sunday. So if you're a guy who kind of dependent on Marvin Jones or Hawkinson, I wouldn't wouldn't be too worried about him right now. Yeah. So those are just uh, some of the big things I saw. Yeah, I've stopped. If Stafford plays, I don't worry about him at all. We were joking about it before, saying you know some people were asking if he if he doesn't practice, if you're worried about yeah. him. And he's a thir- like you said, he's 32 year old quarterback. He's been on the Lions <laughs> his whole career. I hope he knows what's going on. I'm not I'm not too worried about him uh, practicing or not. I'm, I'm firing up if he plays. And then he's actually he's actually a pretty decent decent option this week and against Minnesota. And Michael Thomas is just a he's a set it and forget it guy. If he plays, if he plays, I don't think you're gonna have him on your bench and. I think we've kind of seen the the disadvantages of, of not having him for the Saints this season. And so I'm sure they're excited to get him back. He's he's kind of the key key to their offense, the straw that, that stirs the New Orleans Saints yeah. drink, stirs the gumbo, so <laughs> keeps it going. He's the he's yeah. the shrimp in the jambalaya. You, know, you can't you can't have it without him. <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, so it's, Michael it's hard Thomas. to imagine him. Hard to imagine him not playing in this one. Six and two bucks versus five and two Saints. This is Huge you know, ba- for them. Battle of the prima donnas, man. Antonio yeah. Brown and Michael Thomas both coming back together. Maybe yeah. they'll punch. Maybe they'll punch each other or something. <laughs> yeah, I um, hope so. That'd be hilarious. 
Yeah, and we're going to do a start-sit episode today for week nine. Um, I, I was going off a little bit on Twitter this morning with just some interesting things that I was, I was finding. So I'm just going to drop a couple of these things on, that I just think are interesting. You know, a guy, Christian Kirk, who, who I at least have pegged kind of as a boomer bust guy through, throughout his short career, somebody who makes big plays but not, you know, extremely consistent. And this year it's been a little bit different. Since week two, Christian Kirk has not scored under 10 PPR fantasy points. So he scored eight in week two. Uh, and then a week off, and then he had uh, Carolina, 10 against the Jets, 12.8 against Dallas, 22.6. And versus Seattle, 20.7. Seattle and Dallas, not great defenses, nor are the Jets. And Carolina, who knows? And they're kind of on and off. But Christian Kirk's a big, a decently big part of this offense, I think. And they're, mm-hmm. they're the best offense in the league right now from – I, be- I believe they are. I think I saw Kyler Murray was surprised by that stat today that they're one of the, one of the top <laughs> offenses in the league. But yeah, good dynamite. Yeah, Christian Kirk gets the deep shots. They actually use him when they're in close to find ways to get him in the end zone. He's been scoring a ton. So I think he is somebody that, you know, moving forward, you can feel a little bit little bit better about. And, and again, just it's nice to have pieces of, of good offenses. And so Christian Kirk has been, mm-hmm. been more consistent than I realized this year. So I thought I would share that. Another one that's kind of interesting, just another little fun fact, is Will Fuller chasing his sixth straight game in a row with a touchdown. He scored five weeks in a row. It's amazing he's played five straight games to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We we both said that. I still, like, don't trust Will Fuller. It's hard to. (laughs) But five games in a row with a touchdown heading into Jacksonville now, so he's chasing a sixth consecutive game with a touchdown, which is great. You know, if you have Will Fuller. He's got a great matchup for it, too, this week, so. Yep, and he's been in your lineup. Keep him in your lineup. One more that I think is interesting that I'll touch on is Keenan Allen, since Justin Herbert's been starting, is averaging 11 targets per game, and that includes a two-target game against New Orleans that Monday nighter where he didn't finish the game. So that's including a game where he only had two targets. He's still yeah. averaging 11 targets per game. One of these he had, he had 19 targets in. So if you if – you, I don't know. I mean – Everybody has Keenan in their lineups, obviously. He's a wide receiver one. But just an interesting stat of just, you know, how much opportunity he's getting. And just, I mean, a player like him, it's, it's similar to Devontae Adams. You know, if you mm-hmm. give a player like Keenan Allen or Devontae Adams 10-plus targets a week, they're going to do big things with them. And Justin Herbert's looked awesome. They play the Raiders this week. So, you know, if you have him, you're obviously starting him. Maybe, you know, DFS or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's probably worth the price. He's been pretty, yeah. pretty good. Seems like a pretty lock of a pick this week. Yeah. All right. So we'll move into yeah. some starts and sits. Those are those are some just just fun facts just from my my madness on Twitter. You, you guys know <laughs> know where to find me. I'm always active, so you'll you'll see my stuff on there. And we'll get into the starts and the sits. So going off of that, I guess I'll start it off. My top shelf yeah. start of the week. My highest scoring quarterback this week. I'm going to keep riding with what I think is going on with Keenan and Herbert and this connection. And Justin Herbert's going to be my pick this week. I have him as, I have him ranked as my number one quarterback. He's my top shelf guy. I think he's going to be the highest scorer this week. I like the matchup with Vegas. Uh, they, you know, I, I was telling you also, I like Mike Williams this week. I like Mike Williams moving forward with Justin Herbert. I just think that he's, he's going to be utilized in a lot more of a, a way that's beneficial for, for his talent. And so Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Hunter Henry, uh, Justin Jackson playing pretty well. So mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, I'm going to say he's going to be my, the highest scoring quarterback this week. What do you, what do you think? Who's your guy? I like it. I, I have Patrick Mahomes, but uh, I think I'm going to do a quick audible on that. 
I, I'm really liking Deshaun Watson. We're talking about how great Will Fuller's been, and one of my one of their other receivers is going to be my start of the week. And first Jacksonville that they're really just starting to crumble in. We're seeing kind of what we expected at the beginning of the season. They they were looking good. They were a nice surprise for a while, but I mean they're they're really a team in, in full rebuild mode, and I just completely expect Deshaun to to dominate them and kind of get back to his uh, his rushing ways in this one. So. I'm thinking he, he gets some nice deep touchdowns in this one and possibly gets one on the ground. So I feel good about Deshaun versus Jacksonville this week. All right. So Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, the two top starts of the week at quarterback. And then moving into some more of the the fringe guys, the guys you might be debating. My my start of the week this week in, in terms of that uh, that area of quarterbacks is it's going to be Derek Carr. Derek Carr at the Chargers. You know, the Chargers have, have given up some some big games this season. Most recently, Drew Locke. In the, in the second half of that one, mostly the fourth quarter, Drew Locke came mm-hmm. back. And, but he threw for 248 yards, three touchdowns. You like that. Uh, the week before, you know, Gardner – I should have said that in Kirk Cousins' voice. You like that? Uh, <laughs> Gardner Minshew, the week before, only 173 yards, two touchdowns. And then if you go back a little bit further, Tom Brady had his big game against the Chargers, yeah. too. 369 yards, five touchdowns. So I think the Chargers are beatable through the air if need be. They always kind of seem to crumble at the end of the game. So wait on that. Might not be happening in the first three quarters, but <laughs> Derek Carr might have them all in the fourth. And, and Carr's quietly having a good season this season. Shout out. Shout out the, the homie Ryan on this one. But, you know, Derek Carr's 1,800 yards so far, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. It's a good interception to touchdown ratio. Uh, so at least you kind of feel a little bit more comfortable. You're not going to be losing fantasy points with turnovers because Derek Carr mm-hmm. doesn't take too many risks and, you know, might be able to add some more in the passing game. Maybe, maybe unlock Henry Ruggs this week a little bit. Darren Waller, you know, he's going to do his job. And I think Derek Carr is going to be a good start this week. So I'm going to recommend starting him over, over some of the other guys in that, you know, 10 to 15 range of quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good safe play. And I'm kind of going the opposite where, where, uh, What's his name? Derek Carr has a he's got a really high floor week in and week out because of the low interceptions. My guy this week's gonna be Drew Locke versus Atlanta. He's he's known to to be a little careless with the ball, but I mean one thing I really like about him is he's got a, a ton of moxie. He's just he seems like a baller. And he rides he's kinda he rides the highs and he rides the lows. And a couple of weeks ago he had two picks and the week before two picks. But I mean he's coming off that amazing comeback win versus the Chargers where he really he looked like a stud in, in my eyes so I think he's going to keep that momentum going against an Atlanta defense that I mean honestly looks a lot better under new coach Raheem Morris I think their defense is kind of rallying behind him but I mean they're getting out of that, that cold weather in Denver and going into that beautiful uh, what is it Mercedes-Benz Stadium so I think they're going to be able to get some really nice big plays or to me it seems like a prime Jerry Judy week where He's just gonna he's gonna make some really big plays against Atlanta and kind of prove his worth as that first receiver. Uh, was he first or second receiver? But early early receiver drafted in uh, in this past year's draft. So right behind Rugs. Yeah, right after Rugs, which surprised a lot of people. But typical Raiders <laughs> pick. But <laughs> I digress. Yeah. So Block, it's uh, I think he's just gonna keep this momentum going, and it's it's it is a very favorable matchup where I think Atlanta can be had. So. I'm, I'm riding with them. They're getting Tim Patrick back as well. So I think their offense is going to kind of click a little bit more this and, week. So. And Judy has been relatively quiet, but he is coming off of 
actually his best game if I mean depending I guess how you how you view it not his most fantasy points but he had his most targets last week Mm -hmm. his most yards last week uh almost his most receptions only four receptions but 10 targets so his first game with double digit targets Locke was feeling himself at the end of that one and yeah (laughs) I like that pick it's you know Atlanta's Atlanta's a good matchup and and maybe we're kind of finally seeing the Denver offense come together a little bit more. They got locked. They got Fant back. And they're going to get Tim Patrick back. They're going to have the running backs. It looks like I think Philip Lindsay's going to play. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I saw that. He'll too. have all the all of his weapons at his disposal. And then moving on to the not so positive, the sits this week. I'm going to sit Teddy Bridgewater at the Kansas City Chiefs. If you listen to this podcast ever, I'm always harping on that the Chiefs have an underrated defense. I think they do. I think that, you know, people get distracted by, you know, how great their offense is, but their defense is pretty good too. And since week three, really only one quarterback has, has had a good game against them. And it was Derek Carr coincidentally, but week five, Derek Carr threw for three forty-seven, three touchdowns and an interception, had a big day against him in kind of a surprise Raiders win over the, over the chiefs. That's more of the outlier, but since week three, you know, in week three, Lamar Jackson, 97 yards and a touchdown. They played the Pats quarterbacks week four when Co- when uh, Cam was out with COVID. So I'll throw that game away. They dominated those two. Uh, and then Josh Allen, week six, they, you know, held, held him in check. Only 122 passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Week seven, Drew Locke threw two picks against him. And then Sam Darnold last week, you know, no surprise, but only 133 yards, no touchdowns. So Teddy has looked good this season. I'm, you know, Big big fan of Teddy Two Gloves. I hope he keeps it going, but he's running into a buzzsaw in Kansas City, at Kansas yeah. City. I think that, you know, Carolina has cooled off a little bit offensively these past couple of weeks. They, they didn't, you know, take advantage of Atlanta the same way that everybody thought they would. They are getting Christian McCaffrey back, so we'll see. That could also kind of tamper the – that could also kind of lower the expectations for Teddy fantasy-wise if McCaffrey starts – uh, you know, ripping it up on the ground, but he will add another passing weapon for Teddy. So there, there's a flip side to this, but if I had to pick one, Teddy's going to be my sit this week. And it, it looks a little juicy. I think when you just look at it, look at it on paper, you know, Chiefs going to be putting up a lot of points. Carolina's going to be chasing points, but you know, I think Kansas city's defense is like I said, underrated better than people give them credit for. And so I don't know if they're going to let, let Carolina stay in this one too long. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely, absolutely agree. I think their their defense is pretty criminally underrated, especially Tyron Matthews, just such a great leader for them, and he makes big plays. Uh, my my sit of the week, it's it's tough because he's been playing so well this year, but I'm I'm gonna go with Brian Tannehill versus the Bears. The Bears, I I, it's hard to really put a finger on who they are. Their offense is so inconsistent, but I really think their defense is is coming together and looking like. A pretty pretty great defense. Um, they had a really tough loss to the Saints last week where Drew Brees was very efficient. He didn't put up too many yards. He just scored two touchdowns, though, no interceptions. I kind of think we might see a similar game out of Tannehill, but I don't know. I'm, I've just got a feeling the, the Bears are going to make some big plays on defense. And it just seems like after that loss Tennessee had to the Bengals last week, they're going to kind of just get back to what they do best and, and lean on Derrick Henry in this one. So... To me, it, it just seems like a game where Tannehill's not going to put up a ton of yards for you. And I, I, I'm thinking uh, Chicago's going to get an interception or two in this one. So he's not going like to have it. a horrible game, but I think, I think you could find better options this week. 
Yeah, I like that call too. And then if I'm not mistaken, we'll move on to the running backs. If I'm not mistaken, I think we have the same top shelf start this week. We're both saying we build build your lineups around Dalvin Cook again, DFS, and anywhere they let you bet on lineups or fantasy players <laughs> or fantasy points, put your cards in on Dalvin. He's coming off 163 yards and three touchdowns on off 30 carries, which is <laughs> awesome. And I mean, if it, if it wasn't just us watching, I think, you know, when you watch Dalvin, he is just unbelievable. He's, yeah. he's arguably, I think, and, you know, we haven't seen Saquon play in a couple of weeks, and McCaffrey does different yeah. things. <laughs> McCaffrey does different things as a receiver. But I think almost as a pure running back, when you just watch somebody play and the, being like a difference maker with what they can do in terms of like their vision and speed mm-hmm. and finish and – like Dalvin finishes runs, you know, that's why he has three Absolutely. touchdowns in this game. Cause he sees space and Dalvin finishes. He doesn't, nobody catches him when he, when he gets out in the open right. field and he creates that space with the great vision he has. He's, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So we both have him as our top shelf starts of the week. And this is a fun stat, you know, just this season so far And in the three games that Dalvin's had 20 plus carries, he's also had 130 plus yards and at least one touchdown, two Love and that. three and actually two of the other games. But so if he gets 20-plus carries, he's going to produce. <laughs> he's going to get that 130. I think he's going to have the 20-plus carries, and I think he's going to produce. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it's going to happen against my Lions. It's just it's hard to, to bet against that man after watching what he does. He's absolutely the biggest home run threat in the running back position. And kind of to your point, too, Zeke is kind of falling off a little bit. Obviously, their offensive line in Dallas is a mess. And Kamara is clearly like a receiver more than a running back in my mm-hmm. eyes. So we're talking pure running talent. Dalvin's got to be at the top of my list. So it's hard, it's hard to bet against him at this point. Well, and it's similar to Tennessee now too, where it's like, you know, if they can run the ball, that's what Minnesota wants to do. Yeah. They want to keep game. running the ball. They want to keep handing it off to Dalvin. They want to involve Madison. They want to just, you know, hand it off. Like let's run the clock. Let's get out of here. <laughs> let's keep it out of Kirk's hands. Right. And yeah, so, minus or less than 15 attempts in this game, it's a great thing for Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. So we both got Dalvin there. And then I'll move on to my start of the week this week. And it's going to be J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and he's uh, J.K. Dobbins playing Indy. So at Indianapolis, which is, you know, you'll see on ESPN or on, you know, Sleeper or wherever you play your fantasy, it'll probably have a little bit red over Indianapolis as a bad matchup for for Baltimore in the run game. You know, last week Pittsburgh seemed like a bad matchup for them, and they ran for like over 200 yards on Pittsburgh. So they did whatever they wanted to. So we'll have to see. You know, without Ronnie Stanley, if that makes a significant difference in Baltimore's run game, which it could. Ronnie Stanley's you know one of the best tackles in the league, if, if not the best. So we'll see if that makes a difference. But I'm going to say you start Dobbins this week. There's not many running backs, you know, that you can find that get the full workload. So don't be, you know, deterred by the fact that Gus Edwards and Dobbins are are playing together. Last week, Dobbins outsnapped Gus 66% to 32%. He gets the passing down work. Last week, Gus was the one getting the red zone work, but who knows? That could change. And I mean, just from the eye test, I think, and no knock on Gus, I think Gus Edwards is also a really good player. But it was on every touch last week. You know, J.K. looked great. He looked he looked electric. Yeah. And, 
And Gus does too. So I think that Gus is also somebody that you can flex this week, but Dobbins is on the field more on third down. He's on the field in the two minute drill. He's on the field as the pass catcher. And Lamar doesn't check down to the running backs too often, unfortunately, but you know, if this is a good game, like everyone I think thinks it's going to be with India and Baltimore, maybe he will have to really use Dobbins in the passing game, check down to him a little bit. So I'm going to say Dobbins is a good start this week. I'm going to have him in lineups. I think that I think that you can put him in there with confidence at least that after seeing what they did last week, he's going to get the touches and you know hope, hopefully roll into the end zone. Hopefully get a couple more catches than we saw last week. But start Dobbins. Yeah, I think we're we're seeing like a, a Miles Sanders as second half breakout from from Dobbins. I mean, he's just been so efficient earlier in the season. Just the touches weren't there, and now that they're starting to come up, he he looks like a, a superstar in the making. So. This would be a great breakout game for him, I think. Uh, my start is going to be Mr. Justin Jackson versus the Raiders. Um, I was looking at some numbers, and I mean, Vegas, they haven't, they haven't given up the most rushing yards. I think they're right in the middle of the pack, but they have given up a league-high 12 rushing touchdowns this year. And Justin Jackson, hasn't, he hasn't been getting it done in the touchdown department, but I mean, I think something's got to give in this one. And just the way Herbert's been slinging it deep, I think they're going to be in the red zone a lot in this game. And like like we just said, they give up a ton of rushing touchdowns, and I, I, I expect him to capitalize on that. He, he seems to have taken a, a pretty firm control of the running back group over Joshua Kelly, who has looked good, but in more of a complimentary role, I think. Jackson is pretty clearly their RB1 until Eckler comes out, so I feel pretty good about him getting solid workload, 15-plus carries, and I think he's, he's going to score a touchdown in this one. So I, I feel actually really good about starting him versus the Raiders in this game. All right, cool. Justin Jackson. Yeah, one more point, too, uh, kind of with that Eckler point. He, he is looking like the pass catcher uh, in that role. He's had five-plus targets in the past three games. So even if he doesn't get that rushing touchdown, he'll, he'll give you that nice floor with the catching ability. So yeah. recommend. I saw a cool video on that, actually, with uh, Matt Waldman from Football Guys, who's a expert in the in the scouting department I would say somebody is very well well regarded in that department and he put out a video of like kind of analyzing Justin Jackson's hands and showing some of the catches that he made and just how he looks like he's really evolved as a pass catcher he's using his hands he's catching he's not just doing body catches he's really positioning himself to to make the catch and then be able to you know make a football move with it, with it yeah. yeah so that's that's something that uh, is fine-tuned now and moving on to the sits and this one goes deeper than just a sit for me I'm, I'm thinking he's a sit for a couple weeks and maybe somebody that you should be trying to a- avoid and maybe get rid of and this isn't just yeah. the Eagles fan and me saying this but sit Ezekiel Elliott it's going to be tough hopefully you have other running backs and have the depth to make this happen I know it's not easy for someone to come out here and tell you sit your first round pick sit your guy mm-hmm. who you were depending on but you have to think you have to be dynamic you know during the season you can't look back at your preseason rankings and still be you know expecting the same things out of guys that are in different situations now and Zeke's situation from you know the beginning of the season to now is just drastically different that offensive line is a shell of itself the Cowboys are moving on to Cooper Rush this week it sounds like which is their fourth quarterback this year now mm-hmm. you know the whole offense is just taking a huge step back and you know, he plays Pittsburgh, which is it's a tough matchup, and especially with that offensive line being banged up. And I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper into this. I think, you know, Zeke has this week off. I think that you should sit him, and then he's got a bye next week. I'd be trying to just move Zeke entirely, 
just get him off your team if somebody wants to take him for the name value because Cowboys are going to be two and seven, you know, like most likely if they lose to Pittsburgh this weekend. And if I'm the Cowboys, I'm not going to run my, my running back that I just invested, whatever they did, $15 million a year into Zeke. I'm not going to run him into the ground if we're, if they're two and seven and they're trying to, you know, you know, just get out of this season pretty much. That brings up the next point is that Tony Pollard since week five is averaging about 10 touches a game, which is going to cut into Zeke's workload a little bit and goes back to the whole point of, you know, if you're continuing to lose, you're two and seven, the season's looking like it's out of reach. I don't, I wouldn't blame the Cowboys for getting Tony Pollard more involved, seeing what they have, trying to preserve Zeke a little bit for next year when they can kind of hit the ground running again, because they're a scary offense when they've got everything going, but they just don't right now. So don't let the Ezekiel Elliott name value, you know, kind of sway you into, into putting him in your lineups when you know that he's, He's just not going to be as effective. Yeah. And it's mostly, you know, the red zone opportunities too. Since, you know, week five, I think, I, don't, I can't remember exactly when Dak went down and when Dalton took over off the top of my head. But, you know, these past three weeks, he's had 12 carries, 12 carries, 19 carries. He hasn't broke more than 63 yards. He's averaging about, you know, three and a half yards per carry over those three weeks, zero touchdowns. Even these past two weeks, he's only had two receptions combined. It's just not good stuff. So sit Zeke this week, trade Zeke, get him out, forget about it. It seems like the only positive he really has is that his name is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, it's it's tough. You don't really have to overthink it too much. There's just so many negatives going around him. Just don't play him. I'm totally on board with that one. And another another guy who's kind of been disappointing this year, uh, I'm telling you to sit Jonathan Taylor this week versus Baltimore. I thought last week, was going to be his breakout game. I mean, there's Detroit, who I'm kind of predicting every running back to dominate against. Um, but he just really – he doesn't look like he has it to me this year. I'm, I don't really – I can't pinpoint why. Indianapolis has an amazing offensive line, but it seems like they're just pretty intent on their three-man rotation of Wilkins, Hines, and and Taylor. And if Taylor's just not playing that well, they, they don't need to really force him into anything. And I'm looking at Baltimore's defense – they, they do have one of the better defenses in the league. Last week, they held James Conard only 47 yards. And I just – I really have a hard time feeling confident about Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, it's, it's really it. I, I think Baltimore is going to win this game. And that means Indianapolis is going to have to come from behind, in my opinion. And I think they're going to be throwing to Hines more than they're going to be running with Taylor in the second half. So I just don't really see him – Having a big game in this one, I don't think he's going to get a touchdown. It seems like Wilkins is going to be their goal line guy now after Taylor got vultured again last week. So, yeah, I think you can do better. I know it's tough because he had so much hype going into this year and everyone kind of expected him to continue that dominance from uh, Wisconsin. But I'm just not seeing it, especially this is a tough matchup. And, yeah, if there's a week to sit him, I think now's the time versus Baltimore. So, yeah, that's why I'm saying bench Jonathan Taylor this week. All right, bench Jonathan Taylor, bench Ezekiel Elliott. Who would have thought we were right. saying that a couple <laughs> weeks ago? And moving forward to the wide receivers, I think we're, again, we're on the same page here in terms of our, our top shelf <laughs> guy. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, we're saying he's the top shelf receiver this week. He's probably going to be, you know, another expensive buy in, in DFS, but he's going to have a big week, I think. And, you know, he, he's been consistent this year. He really hasn't had, you know, any down weeks. His lowest game, he had 10 points two weeks ago against the Jets, and that was just an ugly game all around. He's pretty much had – he's had over 
14.9. It's pretty much over 15 this whole season. He's over 20 points twice, over 100 yards three times. Stephon Diggs is a stud. He's mm-hmm. awesome. He's one of the best receivers in the league, and this is just a smash matchup. Seattle's yeah. allowing the most passing yards in the in the <laughs> NFL. They're av- they've allowed already 2,500 yards this season, so yeah, they're definitely a matchup that can be exploited. Yeah, I think I read they're giving up like near 60 fantasy points to receivers a game or something like that. So, and they are getting John Brown back this week, which I actually think helps. Stephon Diggs kind of has they make a you got to kind of take them both into in, into account or whatever this mm-hmm. week. So it seems like the the deep balls are going to be there. Josh Allen's looking to get back to his early season form, and it's a good yeah, matchup. Seems, seems like a great matchup for a great player, and those usually work out pretty well. All right, and my start this week at the wide receiver position might be a surprise. I'm going to say start Hollywood Brown. Keep him in your lineups. I think you're probably tilting after this last week against Pittsburgh where he had one catch, three yards. He did score the touchdown, but we all know it was – that, that saved <laughs> yeah. the day, but whatever. We'll brush that out of here. He – what, he took to Twitter right after the game. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, "Why do you have all these? Why do you have all these soldiers if you ain't going to use them?" And and then I think he deleted it right after. But I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's wrong for for wondering why he isn't used more. He got two targets last week against Pittsburgh, and it was a tough matchup for them. But he hasn't had a game this year other than last week where he's at under six targets and. I think that's – and it's, you know, not all – it's not really at all Hollywood's fault that he hasn't been been hitting this year. Lamar hasn't been hitting him on a lot of the deep balls mm-hmm. and a lot of the opportunities that they had. And with him, you know, that's kind of why I'm saying I'm, I'm putting him back in the lineups this week. I'm keeping him in my lineups this week is because last week was an outlier to me. I think that they are going to get back to targeting him. I think that, you know – him taking to social media might not have been the best route to do it, but I think, you know, his team and his coaching staff and his quarterback, they know that he's unhappy. Yeah. They know that like he wants I'm the sure ball. Lamar follows him. <laughs> and I think, well, I think Lamar knows, you know, Lamar has been the one missing him and it's something that he mm-hmm. has to fix. And so I think, you know, with Hollywood, all it takes is one. Sometimes it takes, you know, sometimes there's two and sometimes he makes a couple big plays <laughs> on him. So uh-huh. just get the ball in that man's hands. And I, you know, Indy's a tough matchup. I'm not going to, not going to shy away from that. Baltimore's a good team. And Baltimore's coming off a game last week where, you know, I feel like they feel a little embarrassed. You know, they've lost to the good teams this season. They beat the bad ones and they've lost to the good ones. They lost to Pittsburgh. They lost to Kansas City. And so this is a bounce back. This is a game where they have to bounce back and Lamar's going to need Hollywood to bounce back. Hollywood's going to need Lamar to find him. And I think that they're going to connect this week. I think Hollywood's going to make a lot of people regret taking him out of their life. Because I think he's going to be out of a lot of lineups this week, and yeah. I don't blame I don't blame anybody for doing that. But I, I'm going to say start Hollywood, keep him in there, see what he can do. Yeah, I like it. I'm sold on him. Yeah, my start this week at wide receiver is going to be Brandon Cooks. I know I kind of touched on uh, Deshaun Watson as my play of the week, and it's really just a testament to how how bad Jacksonville's defense is. And Brandon Cooks, last three games he said nine plus targets in each game, and I really think once Bill O'Brien left. They're just kind of letting Deshaun sling it out and spread the love to their receivers. I know Will Fuller's got those touchdowns in five straight games. Randall Cobb's also been a good player for the for the Texans the past few weeks too. But to me, I think Brandon Cooks is going to be the one that takes advantage of in this game. And he's like a lock for 10 points in my mind when, we, when you're getting that kind of target share. 
it's, it seems like a really, really safe play to me, and he's got the potential to, to break a couple for a touchdown. So I'm slamming it versus Jacksonville. I think they're going to dominate this game. And, yeah, I would, I would feel good starting all three of their receivers, honestly, in this one. So, But of the three, I like Brandon Cooks the most. I think just he's a really talented receiver. I feel like people kind of forget that because he's been traded around so much. But he's, he's really great, really steady. He's just a really solid all-around guy, kind of like a poor man's Tyler Lockett to me. And if he keeps getting these targets, I think it's a slam dunk start. All right. So there we go. And moving on to the sits. I'm going to say sit Devontae Parker this week. And you know, he's playing at Arizona. We haven't seen Devontae really, you know, he was pretty consistent at the beginning of the season. Kind of cooled off, you know, since week six against the against the Jet, or against San Fran too. He had two catches, 50 yards. He did score in that game, but only three targets, which you don't love to see. Against the Jets, only three catches, 35 yards, and then a bye last week. I don't think he finished that game against the Rams. But moving on, he, you know, I just, I want to see a little bit more from Tua. I don't, I'm not doubting that Tua, I'm not doubting that Tua is going to be great. I hope he is. I'm a fan of Tua's. I hope he's going to be good. We just didn't get to see a lot from him last week. So, you know, that was just a weird game. You know, the Miami defense was on fire. The Rams were <laughs> really struggling. You know, they brought the really brought the worst out of, out of Jared Goff in that one. But so that one kind of got away from the Rams quickly. We didn't really get to see too much of Tua. Arizona's been a pretty good team this year, and I, I just want to see a little bit of Tua to Devontae. I want to see the connection happen before I start depending on it. And I think if you have Devontae Parker, you probably have some other guys, other wide receivers in that same range that might have better matchups, might have some more chemistry with their with their quarterbacks already. And so I'm going to just wait and see on Devontae. I'm going to see kind of how this Tua thing plays out. Sometimes with these rookie quarterbacks, your young quarterbacks, you know, they they really get attached to maybe one receiver, a guy that they rely on. And, and maybe mm-hmm. Devontae will be that, and maybe he won't be. Maybe it'll be Preston Williams. Maybe, you know, Mike Kosicki gets more involved and, I don't know. You know, Fitzpatrick was great for Devontae Parker, and I'm a little bit skeptical to know if uh, if Tua is going to be also. And then Patrick Peterson, I'm sure, is going to be taking the responsibility of trying to be on Devontae as much as he can. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, Patrick Peterson isn't every bit of what he used to be. Uh, but I think even he was quoted saying this, you know, he's not as great against some of these smaller, faster receivers as he used to be. But some of these big guys, he's still able to body up against and, and really lock down in coverage. And and I think he's going to be able to do that against Devontae and the rookie quarterback. So watch out for that. I think Patty P is going to take it upon himself to, to shut him out. So I sit Devontae so Parker. Yeah, you made a good point. Devontae was he was at his peak with Fitzpatrick. And I don't know, there's just not enough uh, sample size to, to really feel confident with Tua. And he didn't look great. I know they didn't have to do much. But, I mean, what, what I saw, I wasn't too impressed. Hopefully he can kind of right the ship a little bit and get his playmakers the ball. So. Well, like some of these call. guys, too, another interesting thing, I just a little tidbit that I'll say is, like, you know, last year when Tannehill came in kind of halfway through the season, A.J. Brown hadn't really taken off until Tannehill came, and they actually, being that A.J. Brown was a rookie and Tannehill was the second string, they had a lot of reps when, like, through the offseason, mm-hmm. preseason, everything, and so they connected right away. Tannehill, A.J. Brown had that chemistry. And so with Tua, you know, he, Tua has been the backup. I don't know who exactly he's been taking reps with all the time, and maybe he has some chemistry with some of these other receivers yeah. better than he does with Devontae. So maybe that'll take a little bit of time to build. Yeah, that's a great point. And my sit, it's a, it's a tough one because he's another early early round pick, but it's going to be Mike Evans versus the Saints. And in my notes, I mean, I, I kept it pretty short and sweet. I just wrote, 
Marshawn Lattimore, period. I mean, you look at the past, it's it's been all Marshawn Lattimore. I know, I know you tweeted earlier, <laughs> Mike, Mike Evans used to just start calling Marshawn Lattimore daddy because he just, he owns him every matchup. And I don't know, I, I just have a hard time imagining Mike Evans breaks out of that whatever spell he's under when he when he plays Marshawn. And I don't know, I see I see Antonio Brown coming up and we all know how much Tom Brady loves him. I mean, him and A.B. are, are roommates now. So <laughs> I just, I see him kind of force feeding him to A.B. And, and Gronk and making these Patriots fans cry a little bit. <laughs> who do you, missing on what they used to have. Who do you think sleeps in the bed with Brady now, Giselle or A.B.? <laughs> I think A.B. sliding in there. Yeah, I think AB, I, th- I like to imagine AB sleeping in the middle of both of them, just cuddling. Yeah, up. after Tom kisses his son <laughs> on the lips, good night. He, he goes into bed with uh, AB. <laughs> yeah, so it's tough. I mean, it's tough when you've got like Mike Evans, who he's an amazing player, but I mean, he's he's shown too in, in games like this where he he can be taken out of a game, and I I think it would be smart for the Saints to try to shut him out and make the Patriot or sorry make the Buccaneers beat them in in another way. So. If you, if you do have another guy who you feel confident in, I think now's a good week to bench Mike Evans. Did you hear how many times Steve Levy last Monday called the, the Bucks the Patriots on the Monday night broadcast? <laughs> he did it like no. he did it like six times. It's tough. Um, it Amy is. And Gronk and Tom, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it definitely is. And I'll bring up, too, what we were talking about a couple weeks ago when we had on uh, Ian Harditz from PFF was, you know, Marshawn Lattimore has been – he's, you know, good – good man coverage guy. He's a guy who likes to lock up some of these big time receivers. And he's somebody who, who typically plays up to his competition. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, he'll get fired up for the, the oh, matchup sure. with Mike Evans Sunday night. I think that that's a good call. And I think that, you know, Antonio Brown coming in too is a nice diversion kind of for Tampa to be like, all right, you know, take, take Evans out of the game. Yeah. We'll use, we'll use our new weapon and we have plenty of other ones. Moving on to the tight end position. I'm, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure we have the t- same top shelf guy who does it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. If you need somebody to tell you that, then I don't know. You're, I mean, you're not watching football. Yeah, he's, he's the best one. So if I had to bet on somebody to have the biggest week this week, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Don't care about the matchup uh, in this tight end group. You know, it's just – it's tough. It's tough to pick somebody to have a better week than, than Kelsey. He's just yeah, he's, he's he's soaking so right now. Yeah, he's just so consistent at the position. I mean, he's had one off game against Denver. That was a weird game for for Kansas City in general. Uh, yeah, but they had a like return touchdown, fumble return touchdown. So yeah, I mean, if I, too much. aside from that, Travis Kelsey's been just fine. So we'll <laughs> yeah. do that. And then st- my start of the week, though, at tight end is, is going to be Hayden Hurst uh, versus Denver. I think that with Ridley out, you know, we've, we haven't really seen Russell Gage kind of take on the same role as I kind of thought he would in, in the last game Ridley was out. So I think that it's going to be more so that, that Hayden Hurst is going to take it on. Hayden Hurst has been been pretty solid. He's been pretty consistent this season. Atlanta, you know, I'm sure they'll somehow get down like 21-3 in this game and be <laughs> chipping their way back. And, and Hayden Hurst is good. He's athletic. He's got the big playability. He's He's going to be my start this week. He's coming off two consecutive weeks, too, with seven targets, which you just like to see at the tight end spot. Like this yeah. you know, tight end is such the a – biggest thing to me. Yeah, it's so shallow and it's so t- touchdown dependent. Pretty much all of these guys are touchdown dependent. So when you find a guy that's getting, you know, five-plus targets at tight end, as, you know, as low as that sounds compared to me just talking about Keenan Allen getting fucking a million targets every <laughs> week, uh, five-plus at the tight end spot's solid. And, I mean, actually in the – past five weeks 
Hurst has had over over five four the last five weeks. So he's involved and in the games where he's actually been targeted, he averages over about uh, he averages over eleven yards per catch, which is also nice from the from the tight end spot. It's solid and mm-hmm. always got a chance to get in the end zone. He scored three touchdowns this year. So I'm gonna say Hayden Hurst is a good start at the shallow position where you're kind of just looking for looking for options. And if you can find one where hopefully those targets from Ridley maybe, you know, get get funneled in a little bit to Hayden Hurst, somebody that, that Matt Ryan is more comfortable with, then Hayden Hurst should be a good start this week. Should get you get you a safe floor for the tight end spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he seems pretty locked into the to Matt Ryan's second option when when they're missing one of their receivers. So I think that's a good call. I'm sticking in that same game actually. My my tight end start of the week is going to be Noah Fans, just like we were mentioning Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking back to earlier in the season when when Drew Locke was really getting it going. Him and Noah Fan had a great connection. They scored a, a multiple touchdowns in the first couple weeks, and they just really were looking great together. And then things obviously went went kind of south when Drew Locke got injured and they couldn't really couldn't really get it going. But I mean, to your point with the the targets, Noah Fan hasn't had less than five targets all season. And that's it's something I really like in a guy when when you're feeling good about starting him. He's gonna be involved in their offense. And he he was injured, I think uh I think he had an ankle injury a couple weeks ago and he was kind of slow to get back to it. But it looks like after last week he's he's kind of back to being one hundred percent and I think this is a prime prime game for him to show off his insane athleticism that he showed in the combine when he was coming out and he ran like a 4-4, 40-yard dash. And there really aren't too many tight ends built like Noah fans. And I think Drew Locke recognizes that and is, is going to get him involved in this game in a big way. So it's kind of why I'm hyping up Drew Locke a lot this week is, is Noah Fant. I think he's he's going to be a, a big-time player and make some really, really big plays for, uh, for Denver this week, especially if uh, – I mean, I know you mentioned that Atlanta's going to – they're they're probably going to blow it. I think you said, like, they're going to go go down 21-3, but they'll probably go up big early and then just absolutely collapse. So, I think that's they'll true. be involved in the second half big time, like we thank, saw last week. Yeah, thank you for correcting me there. You're right. They will they will blow it. That, that was one yeah. of the funniest jokes about this – uh, <laughs> about the election, too, with the probability they're using. And it's like, oh, yeah. you know, Biden's got 90 per, 90% chance to win. And all the people saying, like, well, don't tell the Falcons or the Chargers that because they'll figure out a way to blow yeah, it. Yeah, right. It was coming down to Georgia, too, it looked like. So, um, <laughs> if, yeah, if there right. had to be a state. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and moving on to my sit at tight end this week and it's tough guys it's tough to find tight ends to to either endorse or to belittle mm-hmm. I guess whatever term you want to use it's it's tough because you know it's, it's an on and off position I'm going to pick Trey Burton this week if he's somebody who you've relied on these past couple weeks he's he's given you what you needed yeah, he's had he's you know, Week six, he had like 22 fantasy points, two total touchdowns, one rushing. And then week eight, he had the 10 fantasy points, another rushing touchdown, which I know the Jonathan Taylor uh, managers out there hate to hear because it was on those those wildcat formations. But I don't think he's going to get another rushing touchdown. I don't think that they're going to get back in that wildcat formation with Burton again. If they do, Frank Reich's an animal. If, yeah. if they just if they just come back out and Frank Reich's like they haven't seen this yet, we're gonna bring out Burton in this wildcat. Then, good, kudos to him. Frank Reich's got some cojones. So, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you sit Burton this week. Mo Ali Cox should be playing. Doyle should be playing. Um, that's yeah, what Michael makes Pippen's the back too. Michael Pippen's back. That's what makes the Colts so tough. You know they have 
like multiple they have like three tight ends that are all kind of doing like similar things having similar involvement the running backs like you know it's just which week it's like they almost decide Mm -hmm. when they're gonna like involve Naeem Hines and let him Mm -hmm. you know showcase his talents and then they kind of like put him back in the box and they let him come back out again but it's kind of how it was with Burton Burton took advantage I feel like for these for these couple weeks where he you know, scored rushing touchdowns, which again is just something you're. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to depend on. Yeah. Baltimore is going to Baltimore is going to be tough, and hopefully they'll have back all their guys that weren't practicing this week from the from the COVID list. I think they will. So I'm going to say, you know, if, if you've been using Burton, your lucks your lucks run up. Uh, the what's it called? You know, the streams run dry. Yeah, so, exactly. That would be wild if they if he gets another rushing touchdown. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. That would have to be I the mean, record for or, him rushing touchdowns. Or Frank Wright comes <laughs> out and runs Philly Philly with him and just yeah. throws like has has Burton throw the touchdown to Philip Rivers. That'd be cool. Oh man. Philly Philly. Love that. <laughs> he was the play goal. Yeah, he was. <laughs> My sit at tight end, it's it's tough. I feel like I've been picking him almost every week to sit and he's been burning me in the past. It's uh, Jared Cook on the Saints going up against the Buccaneers. And really the big thing to me is Tampa Bay's got the best linebacker duo in the, in the league. And if you don't know, you, you better you better recognize it. Levante David and Devin White are they're just on another level this year. Prime reason why the Bucs are really in Super Bowl contention in my eyes. And it's just, it seems like a tough matchup for him. I know we were talking about Michael Thomas coming back too. It's obviously going to cut into everyone's target share on this one as they just force feed him targets. He's, if he plays, he'll probably, talking about Michael Thomas, he'll probably get 10-plus targets. And it's just hard to imagine Jerry Cook being a huge part of their offense when Kamara and Thomas are a full go. But he has he has scored touchdowns in, I think, like three of the four past weeks. So he has been playing well. I just kind of don't expect that that good streak to go. Obviously, it was, to my, in my opinion, I think it was mostly because Michael Thomas was out and he kind of had to step up, especially Emmanuel Sanders was out too last week with Coco so I'm, I'm kind of uh I'm thinking Jared Cook might might take a step back this week and be more of like a complimentary option and it's tough when you got that match just like I mentioned versus Levante David and Devin White you're not going to be able to make very many big plays out of it you're just kind of hoping for a touchdown and I think his his touchdown looks kind of run dry like you're saying with uh Trey Burton so it's it's hard to bench him because he has been a really productive tight end and in the league where there's there's really not a lot of them, but I think uh, I think you you could find another better option out there, and it's just a tough matchup. So, yeah, I'm fading them this week. All right, sounds good. And so we're we're pretty wrapped up with our start sits, and you know we'll let you guys know we're back on our back on our website ffextrapoint.com. Uh, we're we're getting it back going. We'll have some weekly weekly things up there for you. Some probably some start sits. Right now we got some rankings up there, and I'm going to put you on blast right now. I'm looking at your rankings. So you, <laughs> you got Josh Jacobs climbing back up into that top five this week. So you feel good about yeah. him against the Chargers? I do. I, I just remember James Robinson against the Chargers was tearing him up, and seems like a good matchup for, for nice. Jacobs in my eyes. All right. I don't know why that one. I, that one just stops me. I was like, I'll, I'll ask about that one. But yeah, I think we both. I think we both too have Will Fuller in our top ten. So we're into that Jacksonville Houston game. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, we both have Hawkinson. Hawkinson's in our top four. So Hawkinson moving yeah. forward is nice. Tight end's been dry. It's another been one. Consistent. So one more guy I want to just mention on here, and 
somebody who, you know, again, another thing on Twitter where people kind of were talking about some league winners and some guys to go out and maybe acquire it's, it's trade season for sure. You know, trade mm-hmm. deadlines are probably coming up in a couple leagues and, you know, you got, you're trying to make that playoff push. And, you know, I put out some guys at each position who I thought were my league winners and I'll just mention them right now is, you know, a quarterback, I think Lamar Jackson is somebody who, you know, maybe these, these next couple weeks, you're looking at the schedule. It was Pittsburgh. It was Indy. It's New England. He plays Pittsburgh again. Those are all tough matchups. But I think you're going to want to buy him before the fantasy playoffs. In the fantasy playoffs, he's got Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the uh, New York Giants. It almost couldn't get better. So yeah. that's the quarterback that I think you should go buy. He could be a league winner for you. Another one, Miles Sanders. Not just the Eagle homer and me. I think Miles Sanders has looked great in everything we've mm-hmm. seen from this season in tough matchups. He you know, didn't play week one. He came back. The Eagles had a pretty tough run at it. Um, playing Baltimore, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, all tough defenses. Miles Sanders made the most of it, making big plays. He should be back in week 10, and I expect a big second-half breakout from him in some, in some positive matchups. Uh, another one at wide receiver, Allen Robinson. I think if you can go get Allen Robinson now, which is, is – he's not going to come cheap. You know, he's been, he's been good. He's been consistent. But he's got a great schedule coming up. He's got a great schedule in the near future, and then especially in the playoffs, he's got Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville to finish off the season – Allen Robinson, revenge game, Jacksonville, and your championship oh, matchup. Yeah. I think oh, man. that's something I want a piece of. <laughs> and TJ Hawkinson. I think TJ Hawkinson is someone out there that you should be buying. Unfortunately, I sold him a couple weeks ago, so uh, in, in a couple Buyers places. So, so that's tough. But in other leagues, you know, I'm going to be looking to go buy him. I'm going to advise buying him. He's coming off 10 targets last week. Kenny, Kenny Galladay's out. He's had nine-plus fantasy points in every single game this season. We're just talking about how bad the tight end position is, you know, mm-hmm. nine plus fantasy points for a tight end every single game. And I think he only had nine in like two of them. He's had, you know, double digits in all the other ones. So TJ Hawkins, someone that I would be going out there and buying as well. So if you're looking to make moves this yeah, week, those, those are my recommendations. I think Allen Robinson is, yeah. is already. And then with his schedule going forward, a top 10 guy, a guy that you can, Look forward to every week having that consistency, and if he's ever if he's ever able to get in the end zone in that offense, you know it's just it's just extra on top of what else, everything else that mm-hmm. he does. So, like those picks, yeah, and ex- expect more content on our website. We're gonna we're gonna be giving you guys some good stuff. So, yeah, definitely keep checking it out. Yep, we got the full rankings up there, ffextrapoint.com, and that'll be it for us. We're gonna wrap this thing up, and next time we talk to you, it'll be week ten. Yep. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for listening.